Floyd Little and Jim Brown, Sean Tucker in the orange record books with his fifth touchdown of the game. All across CNY. Keep the tires and light the fires, Big Daddy. It's the 315. Hardy faking feeds the great Jameson. He scores! Here's Brian Higgins. Hey, everybody, welcome in on this Monday in the Cuse. Lovely day outside right now. Hope you all had a pleasant weekend and are ready to go here for ACC Tournament Week down in Greensboro. We'll have our uh, full coverage as per normal. Kicking off on Wednesday, Houston Wake in a nooner. Be with you after the game and Chris Joe on postgame on uh, Wednesday, Thursday if necessary. Well, looking forward to, to that uh, throughout the week. Uh, lots to get into in this weekend. More than I would have thought after the game ended, but you know. It's not a it's not a Monday if Jim Bam hasn't uh, stirred up the Hornets nest just a little bit. He only stirred up our Hornets nest this time though. He left everybody else alone. Shout out to our twenty two. Big shout out. We love each and every one of our twenty two callers, and we love when you call. But uh, glad to be here on this Monday. Busy show. I- ironic on a day when there's probably reason for lots of you to call that I've somehow left not a lot of time uh, for callers on the show. Oops. Uh, we we oops that up a little bit. But, you know, that's kind of how things can go. Uh, busy day uh, with the guests. We will have Red Autry joining us about uh, an hour or so before they shove off for Greensboro later today. He'll join us on the program today at uh, 2.30. Uh, Luke Hancock will also be in Greensboro uh, later this week. He may also already be there. I don't know. Well, I suppose we can ask him where he is. Uh, Luke will join us on the show at 3 o'clock of ACC Network Analyst uh, fame. He'll be busy uh, uh, tomorrow. We're trying to get him tomorrow. He's going to be like on the ACC Network uh, tomorrow doing their studio stuff. The first game starts at uh, 2. The show starts at 2. You can see where the conflicts may arise uh, in that. So Luke will join us today at 2.30. And, or at 3 o'clock, pardon. And then at 3.30 on the show today, David Hale, also of ESPN. We've been uh, teasing about talking to David for a week and a half or so, but uh, Florida State and uh, Clemson has joined the mix a little bit. There's been a lot of talk about uh, the current even revenue distribution of the ACC. Uh, some of the schools saying, uh, yeah, no, we want more, 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 more. Me, 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 me. Uh, we'll see what uh, David has to say about any of that. Florida State and uh, Clemson have been, they've been shaking the rattles here for the last uh, week and a half. So we'll touch on that coming up today at uh, 3.30. But, uh, you know, tons to get to this week. we got the, the hoops to get to. The actual bas- Will we talk about the actual basketball? Hey, Jesse Edwards was pretty good on Saturday, huh? One of the best ever senior day performances. Went 27-20. and 20. First 2020 uh, Q's game by a player since uh, Paul Harris. Went 29-22 and 22 in the six overtime. First guy that did it in regulation since some dude named Derek Coleman. Who did it twice. Dave Bing is three career 2020 games. That kind of knocked my socks off. Uh, the other day. So we got the basketball. We got all the celebration of the 03 team and how great that was. Everyone that was at the uh, the big to-do on uh, Friday said that that was great. And then Jerry and Hack getting their jerseys raised after the game on Saturday. That was great. And then the whole thing. But, you know, we're a radio show. We love our callers. We love the people that listen and engage and interact and the whole thing. So uh, I guess we got to kind of start today on uh, on. You know, what one do we listen to Jim Bayheim's post game press conference? We had it in the post game show. 
on a Saturday. We were going along. It was happy fun times. And yeah. The f- people that show up tell you whether you have support or not. Not who calls on the radio. The same 22 people call. One is the loneliest number that you'll ever do. We've got the all-star lineup going here. Dro's first up. Dro, what's up, man? Hey, man, listen, how you doing? I mean, I've been a season ticket holder for a long time. I know that. I mean, I called the show. I mean, what, what's up? Whatever. I mean, obviously, I think we all know, and Pat, well, he's talking about Pat. Pat's hanging out. Pat, how you doing, man? Been a season ticket holder, let's see, since 1996. We're going to go draw Pat Vito. That's a whole segment. 22 callers. They all know the number. They're all calling in. Thanks, Jim. Next up is Marty in Tampa. Steve in Liverpool is with us. Steve, hello. How you doing? John in Liverpool is with us. So let's go to uh, Pittsburgh. Ted is with us. Ted, hello. How you doing? Good evening, sir. My caller number 22. Oh, you're all caller number 22. Deep in my heart. Uh, and due to all of our guests today, if you'd like to be any of the callers, do call early. 315-437-7644. Phone lines open now. Certainly will be at least for the first half hour of the uh, program today. And uh, we'll try to sneak you in in between our guests uh, if we can. But we'd love to hear in any of all of you. Uh, are you annoyed by that? Did you just have a great time this weekend? And wherever you may be on the spectrum of it. But, you know, shout out to Jim Behab. That said, he did stoke the calls on Saturday. We got a lot of calls after that. Not as many before. So uh, shout out to Jim uh, as well. Loyal, loyal listener, loyal caller. Uh, Jim Beheim, but 315-437-7644 ESPN44 is the number. Couldn't couldn't help but cook a little something up. Cook a little something up after we got that on a Saturday. But uh, there was a lot this weekend, and I'll be interested to see it. I'll, I'll ask Red this when he's on at 2.30. Like, does he sense there's going to be a carryover? Because there was a carryover in the four games previous and not a good one. Got cooked by Duke, and boy, oh boy, did it linger. And it lingered and stunk for two weeks. And things were falling apart at the seams and everywhere else. It was a big old mess. But then somehow the Orange turned it around. Was it just because it was maybe, I mean, setting aside Georgia Tech, you lost to one of the worst teams in the league, but was it, all right, you're not playing a top team in the league in Wake Forest? Was it you you got it at home? Was it, you know, okay, you're far enough removed now, you can turn it around? Was it the, you know, the loving touch of having the 2003 National Championship team around? Like, what what was it this weekend for Syracuse? Because on Tuesday night against Georgia Tech, they could not get out of their own way. Could not get out of their own way. Grease fire. No show. Played pretty well on Saturday. Wake's better than Georgia Tech. Played pretty well, Jesse dominant, and got a win. And now here you are. You're going into an ACC tournament that is as wide open as one I can ever remember. There's some very good teams in this league. Is there a great team in this league this year? No. Is there a team where you're looking at this bracket that you're like, I would be surprised if they do not win the ACC tournament this year? Uh, No. Like if Syracuse and or Wake... Obviously, one of them will win this game. Are you going to be surprised if either Syracuse or Wake beat Miami on Thursday? No. Would I be surprised if Miami wins the title on Saturday night? No. Or if Clemson wins the title, or if Duke wins the title, or if Virginia wins the title, or if Pittsburgh wins the title, or if North Carolina wins the title, 
Will I be surprised if any of that happens in this ACC tournament coming up? No. I would not. Not at all. And, you know, I think that's fun for Syracuse here this year. I mean, we've made so many comparisons to 06 of how the, the season ended crappy, and then, you know, Jerry and the run in the tournament. Everyone was surprised Syracuse won the tournament that year. And not because Syracuse made the run, because, and I'll put myself in this category, everyone knew for certain that regardless of what happened against Cincinnati, Syracuse was going to lose to Connecticut, and so was everyone else in that tournament this year, because Connecticut was great. That team was great. That team was the best team in the country. They were number one in the country. They yacked it in the Final Four that year against George Mason. Like They, they should have... Or in the Elite Eight, I guess it would have been. They should have won. It felt like they should have won the title that year. I think uh, Florida, the Joakim Noah, and all those guys ended up winning their first to two uh, that year. But Connecticut was the best team. It's like Syracuse was not winning the second round game, and somehow they got through that and made the run. This year, it's like Syracuse against anybody, and not just that. Toss any combination of these teams out there, you're like, yeah, sure, whatever. So I think it's going to be a very interesting week, and hopefully a week that Syracuse can partake in as long as possible. And the way the events of Saturday shook out, with the Orange winning, with BC losing, getting in the 8-9 game for sure, and then later, slightly after Syracuse's game ended, with Miami winning, I feel if either Miami or Pittsburgh, well, we've seen it all and multiple times, Miami is a better matchup for the Orange. So it is shook out as well as it possibly could. All that said, Syracuse could easily lose uh, to Wake Forest on Wednesday. And I don't know. And that's kind of the beauty of this tournament. Like it's it's all in play. All right, let's uh, let's go to the line. Uh, one of our one of our twenty two callers is with us. It's Scooter in Janesville. Scooter, hello. Mm-hmm. How you doing? Well, I'm trying to talk Jordan until he said he won't do it. But next time you give away tickets, take the take the twenty second caller. <laughs> it could take a minute unless we just make it all up. Yeah, well, that's what the Jordan said. You know, I think Jordan's ready to hang up, but I mentioned that. But uh, I, I mentioned it on. I don't know if it's if it's supposed to be a secret or it's myth, but rumors have it that Coach Bayham owns actually a piece of this radio station, and it's a talk radio station. So I, you know, it's like me owning a steak place and telling people don't don't eat meat. I mean, if you don't want people to call in and talk, I I I wouldn't own the talk radio station because I've certainly advertisers. I want want people to listen and call in and participate, wouldn't they? Well, I, I'd say, Scooter, maybe that it was just a genius bit of promotion because after he said that, I mean, we we play his uh, post game comments live. Uh, we got a ton of calls right after it to the radio station, so it may. I mean, Jim's a smart guy. Maybe maybe he's just playing a four D chess on us all. Yeah, it, it's it's interesting because. It, it, you know when you're when you're a low seed like this, and it's unfortunately it's happened in a couple of these smaller tournaments. I don't know if you've noticed a couple of one seeds already got knocked out, and I feel sorry for them. Like I think it was Eastern Michigan won 22 games and got knocked out by the lowest seed. And I think another team with 11 and 22 record has a shot to play for the finals. But but if you knock out the high seed this early, then then the low seed like Syracuse is going to have maybe the easiest way to get to the finals because theoretically, obviously, it's all set up for the one seed to to get to the to get to the uh, championship game easier. And I always wondered, you know, that basically. At, uh, but by the way, shout out to Colgate, incredible six years in a row in the finals. That's hard to do it. That type of uh, 
you know, uh, you know, part when you know the coaches. But usually, but usually coaches are usually gone if you have that much success. So it'll be interesting to see what happens to Colgate's coach. Maybe, maybe he's in waiting. By the way, <laughs> but uh, you know, you want to start a rumor? There you go. Okay. But anyway, I don't know if you can anyway, be a coach in a waiting in a different school. That that would be a new way to yeah, do it. Yeah, that's true. You, you never know. You're right. I didn't say Syracuse. <laughs> I didn't say it. I just he must be he might be happy down there. But how many times do you see a coach that successful at that at, at that level? And they're and they're around for six years, yeah. so it just shows how great it is down there. But the bottom line is that they can get by Miami. And I'll tell you, watch, watching tournament games, Lou Olson with Arizona, when the Pac-12 had their tournament, then they did away with now that's back. He he hated the tournament. He did, you know they're always were a one and two seed because he wants to get ready for the big tournament. And the, and a couple of times I think they tanked the games. They almost had the airplane basically on on the tarmac after the game then took off. And I'm wondering if Miami. I don't know what more you know winning this thing is going to help their resume. They won they won the regular season and projected as a four. Do they want to go three games in three days and take the legs out? So sometimes you get lucky. Some of these higher seeds, they're already in the tournament. Sometimes they don't go all out, and we'll see what happens. But they have to avoid Carolina, Clemson, or Duke because those two, two of those three teams are going to be like Syracuse, desperate, and a desperate Clemson and a desperate Carolina and Greensboro. It's going to be tough, and Duke, I think, still thinks they can get a three or four seed, so they might be trying to. Yeah, it'll be interesting. You know, the way the bracket sets up Duke and uh, Pitt, it will be, uh, you know, unless Pitt uh, screws it up on uh, on Wednesday, uh, Duke and Pitt will be the 4-5 game uh, on Thursday. So, you know, that's Syracuse's half of the bracket. The other two you mentioned in uh, Clemson and North Carolina are on the other side of the bracket. So if the Orange play them, uh, that's a good problem to have because that would be in the ACC uh, uh, championship right. game. But we shall see. All right, uh, Scooter, looking forward right, to that. Everybody, thanks, buddy. All gets going uh, tomorrow down the well, there are games tomorrow. Nobody nobody cares about the games tomorrow. Thank goodness the Orange are not playing in one of the games tomorrow. They are just just the grossest. All right, back to the phone lines. Another one of our uh, regular friends, Stefan in Utica, is with us. Stefan, hello. Well, hello, Brian. Now, what do you think Syracuse basketball needs to do to go deep into the, into the ACC tournament, like get to maybe the Final Four or the Final Game? What do they need to do to improve and go deep into the tournament? Well, Stefan, I'd say they don't necessarily need to do a whole lot different to make it to the semis. I mean, you're playing Wake next or you just beat, so do the same thing. That's step one. Miami would be the next game. I mean, that's a game you should have won in the regular season. So if you can just clean up the ending of that game, uh, you can see a path. And I think, Stefan, after that, that's when it would get hard. It's Duke uh, who cracked you in the dome, and it's Pittsburgh who essentially blew you out twice, even though you, you came back and, and won. So, you know, the road to the semis is there, Stefan. And I think, you know, at that point in these tournaments, take your chances. And hopefully uh, it could be a miracle if they uh, win the whole thing. That is the hope, Stefan. Always good to hear from you, uh, my friend, Stefan in Utica. And uh, obviously that's the case now, uh, that Syracuse does need to win the whole thing to get to the next round. And is it feasible? Yeah, sure. sure. I, why not? Is it likely? No. But if we were to have this conversation last Wednesday, was the Georgia Tech game Tuesday or Wednesday? I don't remember. It doesn't matter. After the Georgia Tech game ended last week, we would have all looked at each other like we were beyond bonkers. Like, call up the nut house. Syracuse win the tournament. Uh, did you watch the Georgia Tech game? They're going to win another minute of a game this year. Well, at least we're kind of back on even footing after Saturday. 
just a little bit back on even footing after Saturday. And now, still, will it be likely for Syracuse to win the tournament? No. But I'll toss Syracuse in the pile of teams that, you know, can you make a run? Okay, can you beat Wake? Sure. Can you beat Miami? Sure. Can you lose to either? Sure. Now, Pittsburgh or a Duke in a semifinal. Well, maybe that's the scenario Scooter's talking about. Though Those teams aren't taking the conference tournament that seriously, and you're you're playing with your hair on fire. Like, this is what happened with Virginia Tech last year. Am I saying that Syracuse isn't the same thing as that? I mean, Virginia Tech came in with kooky momentum last year. But apply what I am saying to any team in the league. Apply it to Clemson. Still in the bubble. They're the three seed. They're on the bubble. Apply it to Clemson. Apply it to North Carolina. They're a grease fire. They're on the bubble. Apply it to them. Like any of these teams could catch fire. I don't know who's going to win this tournament, but it's not a coronation. So many years this has been you know, either a Carolina or a Duke coronation of a tournament. So many years. I, I don't have the numbers in front of me. Duke won this thing a billion times. A billion times. Went down there, won three in a row. And Scooter's talking, maybe it affects the tournament. I don't think the I don't think there actually is a correlation of results of, you know, going deep in these tournaments and that it's screwing you up in the NCAA. But teams definitely do handle it like that. That part of it is is not wrong. Not every team. Uh, but so. All right, so we'll take a break here. Phone lines remain open up until about two thirty. Then we'll squeeze you in as we can over the course of the rest of our time together today. Three one five four three seven seventy six forty four are the digits. Red Autry will be our first guest today. Coming up at two thirty, we'll take a break. Much more to come after this on QSportsTalk.com and ESPN Radio. Watch your favorite ESPN Syracuse Sports Talk shows on QSportsTalk.com. <laughs> All across CNY, it's the 315. Here's Brian Higgins. Here I am. Here we are. Rolling along on this Monday. No truth to the rumor that Paulie walked all of the uh, hundreds of miles down to Greensboro. But uh, he was there live for Orange Nation uh, earlier today. He'll be there tomorrow as well. And then we'll have our normal game day coverage on uh, Wednesday. Axe will be cooking with pregame at 11. I'll be here with postgame with Chris Joseph at uh, 2. And at some point during the afternoon, we'll seamlessly transition from the postgame show into my show. You won't even know the difference. Except Chris will, you know, be done with the show at that point. Then hopefully, fingers crossed, we'll do the same darn thing on Thursday. So that is our plans for the week. Here is the Orange take on Wake Forest at noon on uh, Wednesday in a game, of course, you can listen to over on uh, TK99. Then when you're done with that, you come back right over here. So uh, there's a day. That's a day. Uh, Productivity in Syracuse uh, will be uh, low on uh, Wednesday, even lower on Thursday if they happen to win uh, Wednesday. That seems to be the way it always goes. The Jerry run, mind you, that was Nooners. They were Nooners from the Garden. Or you can just lose at noon and go home. Somebody's going to do that. Either Wake or Cuse. Wake will have the shortest trip home. They don't even need a freaking hotel. They're right there. They're right there. But I'd say it's kind of like the Garden. Like, did, did it ever concern you in the Big East tournament to play St. John's? Like, uh-oh, road game. <laughs> no. Uh, Wake Forest campus is like you could throw something. It's There's the triangle down there of Raleigh, Durham, and uh, Chapel Hill. They are in the uh, triad 
which has uh, Winston-Salem and Greensboro and High Point. Lots of triangles down in tobacco country. So they're the closest ACC school down there, but uh, let's not think that the Archer fans are going to be uh, completely uh, run over by just random Wake Forest fans. I'm sure they'll have more, but it won't be uh, intimidating. Can't imagine the building will be all that full on a nooner on a on a Wednesday, but we'll see. We'll see how it all goes. We'll see how it all uh, goes. Not quite like you know the Garden was uh, for for those back in the day. Not quite like it is. But uh, well, we'll see how it goes this week. We will see how it goes for Syracuse uh, in this tournament. But thank goodness that Saturday happened. Thank goodness that Saturday happened because without it, you know, it's just a uh, we're going into this thing on a downer. Like if Syracuse had lost on Saturday, and then was either play, and obviously the scenario would have worked out. Had the Orange lost, they would have been just playing Wake again, and they would. Wake would have been the home team. Now Syracuse is the home team. Like, would would you have had any hope of a run? Like, if they if they lost in the manner that they had been losing, no. You go into it, you take your whooping, and you go home. It's kind of what happened. You know, the, the season was going much worse, but you know, last year Syracuse women's basketball season was uh, a trial of a whole different sort. But you know, they put up the good fight, put up the good fight, ran out of gas midway through February, lost the last few, went down to Greensboro. Butt kicked season over. And that was literally, that was Wednesday there. That's the Tuesday of the women's tournament. It starts a, a day later of the week. Like, it was literally the first game of the tournament. Butts kicked, go home, season over, goodbye. Speaking of, Chris Lincar, uh was the leading scorer in the ACC title game uh, yesterday on the women's side for Louisville and a, a tight loss to Virginia Tech. Uh, neither here nor there. But now, now you win that game on Saturday. You have a whole weekend of just feel-good vibes. A whole weekend of feel-good vibes. Not just, oh, we won a game, but it was a whole weekend of vibes. Can it carry over? Hopefully so. Hopefully it can. We shall see. But looking forward to uh, what the Orange are going to bring to the court on Wednesday, a rematch with Wake. That, you know, nine-point win, it felt convincing. I think it felt more convincing than it actually was. So we'll see how it plays out. Like, the Orange had control of the game, but Wake shot below their normal percentage from three. They took a lot, a few more going. Yeah, Yeah, you can see where we're going on this. Or it could just be, man, they can't guard Jesse Edwards. 27-20 and 20 gives it to a game on Wednesday, and then Syracuse moves on to Miami. All right, we'll hit a break. Red Autry, when we come back, our Monday guest, as always, at uh, 2.30. He will uh, join us, as he always does, brought to you by Apex and the 110 Grill and Destiny USA. Red is next here on QSportsTalk.com and ESPN Radio. Watch your favorite ESPN Syracuse sports talk shows on QSportsTalk.com. All across CNY, it's the 315. Here's Brian Higgins. Here I am. Here we are rolling along on this Monday. Always good to chat with uh, Luke Hancock, ACC Network. He'll be down there. Uh, doing a lot of their studio work over the course of the week. Knows his stuff on uh, the ACC. But uh, Tim Leonard is in here now. We'll be getting to David Hale coming up. i got to grab the right mouse. There's too many mouses on the table. Mice, computer objects to click the thing to play the sound so we can. Yeah, yeah plus that. We're banged up. we got to. There we go. Here's the 411. Hello, and welcome to Movie Fun. If you know the name of the movie you'd like to see, press 1. <laughs> Oh, wait, you're serious. Let me laugh even harder. In the 315. And so you're going to be doing that all week, right? 
Na. It's time for the 411 in the 315. All right, Tim, I found the button. I clicked the button. So now now we can officially talk. I didn't even have your mic on before. It's a mess in here. All right, so we, we got uh, just a few minutes here to talk a little hoops and, and uh, lax. Maybe, maybe hoops first. Um, did not go well against NC State. Probably not the best final taste to leave in the committee's mouth. Uh, how they feeling? How's the group feeling going into Selection Sunday? I think they'll definitely be huddled up and be ready to go and watching the Selection Sunday with a camera on Syracuse. I think it's probably 15, 20% chance at this point that they make it. Okay. If you're a Syracuse fan, you are rooting for Gonzaga, who is going to get an automatic bid if they do not win the WCC tournament. And remember, this week it's now the mid-major tournaments in the they, women's ranks. They go backwards. Right. And you're rooting against Princeton and you're rooting against Columbia because they are currently bubble teams. So you would hope that they don't do something to make their case so strong that they would be an at-large bid even if they don't make the tournament. So you're kind of rooting against them in the semifinal round. And Middle Tennessee is another team that maybe could be an automatic qualifier if they do not win their tournament. So... Just rooting for no bid stealers and hopefully Princeton, who is currently in Charlie Cream's bracketology, to lose a game rather early in the tournament and fall out. But right now, Charlie Cream has Syracuse as the third team out, which means they're at least in the conversation. And all it takes is a couple committee members to see Syracuse as a little better than Charlie Cream sees them, and we'll see how it all shakes out. Yeah, as much as we love bracketology, Charlie's word, actually, it matters not at all when it comes yes. to this selection. We had Charlie on last Wednesday. Syracuse was the final team in. That was before uh, the game, and he mentioned the list of things kind of similar to you, and the things keep happening. Like Oregon, at Oregon, they jumped Syracuse. West Virginia had them behind it, jumped Syracuse, and now we'll see what happens with the mid-majors. But the Orange will be out right there. And then, uh, Timmy, you were there for the Lax game yesterday, and my goodness, like, wild game. Will Mark was ridiculous, 22 saves. But, man, that's a, it's another one that's ugh, it's one you might be ruined at the end of the year. Yeah, it's a similar script, right, where the possessions were just so lopsided. The shots, I think it was 65 to 31. Was 65 the is a lot of it's shots. It's a lot of shots. And Will Mark had 27 saves, I think it ended up being. So 27, he, right. he tacked on some in overtime, which they were not the easiest of saves in overtime as well. It's a weird game because you get done with it, and you feel like Syracuse probably should have actually lost by five or six goals when you look at all the stats. But... Then you say, well, Syracuse had the ball and they had still a little bit of time left on a man-up unreleasable penalty. They scored in the initial part of the man-up. Then they had a chance to take the lead with about a minute left, and they're so good on the man-up this season. Joey Spelina got a pretty good look from the near side, missed it. Owen Hiltz got an even better look on the rebound right in front, and the Duke goalie, who was really nothing special and certainly not the best of the two goalies yesterday, did make two big saves on that man-up. He only had 10 saves compared to 27 for Will Mark. But So in one way, you're like, man, if if they had won that game, it, it was right there on that man-up chance. And even in overtime, they did have a possession, and Jackson Burtwistle took a shot that wasn't the cleanest of looks. So you had your chances, but also I think it's a testament to just how hard they played and how good Will Mark was that they were even in the game at any stage in that one. 27 gets them top 10 all-time in single-game saves in uh, Q's history. Most saves in a game for an orange goalie. I mean, it's going back to 1996. Yeah, uh, most saves in a game at the D1 level this year. by It's four, a lot I of think. saves. Yeah. So. Like, like 10 is a decent amount. Like 10 is not shabby. 
27 is crazy. He had 15 at the half, and Kyle and I were like, that's a good game. Yeah, 15 saves. Go home now. <laughs> yeah. Take the rest of the afternoon <laughs> off. All right, Tim, we'll, we'll catch you again uh, tomorrow. But, uh, man, uh, we'll see if Lax can get one. We might get into the Mike Powell uh, jersey retirement coming yeah, up on Yeah, that's Saturday. exciting, at least. They yep. definitely need that win against Johns Hopkins. Yeah. So we'll see. That'll be fun coming up on Saturday. That is uh, Tim Leonard, a little 4 and one in the 315. Break now. Come back. David Hale after this. Uh, the business of the ACC. Uh, Sabres are rattling in the. The whole thing's uh, down south. We'll get to that when we come back after this. It's QSportsTalk.com at ESPN Radio. Watch your favorite ESPN Syracuse Sports Talk shows on QSportsTalk.com. It's the 315. Here's Brian Higgins. Here I am. Here we are. Rolling along on this uh, Monday. Kicking off. ACC Tournament Week. As the Orange play on Wednesday. Cuse and Week on Wednesday. Full coverage of that right here. Axe, pregame 11. Me, Chris Joseph. Postgame, two-ish. And then my show will start sometime in there. I don't know. I'll be on two to four. Uh, Same deal Thursday, hopefully. We shall uh, see how the week goes to uh, set that up. But uh, we'll have you covered as far as the Orange make a move down in uh, Greensboro uh, this week. Could it be just Wednesday, Wednesday and Thursday, Friday? Dare I say Saturday? That would be pretty daring, I think, but uh, we'll see. Seems like a wide-open tournament. We uh, had Luke Hancock on earlier. He looked at the bracket and said, yeah, top nine. If anybody in the top nine won the title, wouldn't be shocked. <laughs> hey, the Orange are the top nine. Good news. Uh, good news. You know what else is Good news that this hour is brought to you by our good friends at Billy Whitaker's Cars and Trucks and our friends at ICM Controls. They've got the $10,000 ICM Controls Impact Scholarship. They will next be giving it out in the fall. The deadline to apply to be the fall winner is May the 1st. May the 1st. Apply at icmcontrols.com slash scholarship. May the 1st. Here's what's on tap tonight. We got two conference games on tap tonight. Two conference title games on tap tonight. There's many more conference games on tap tonight. Why are they at the same time? Why, I ask, at the same time? Mm, Don't like that. Don't like that one bit. So we're going to have to be going back and forth. Nimble on the remote. Multiple devices. I don't know what we're doing. McNeese and Nichols. This is not quite at the same time. Where am I looking? I lost, it's not McNeese and Nichols. That's not a title game. I lost my two title games. Um, McNeese and Nichols are playing. Not in a title game. South Alabama and Louisiana, the Sun Belt. Fun Belt title game at 7. That's on the Deuce. Also at 7. This is the SoCon. SoCon and the Sun Belt both tonight. Furman and Chattanooga. Furman and Chattanooga. That is on the mothership ESPN. Both starting at 7. Why couldn't one be at a different time, people? Come on. So, uh, you know, watch whichever one's better. Those are your two auto bids on the line tonight in the Sun Belt, South Alabama and Louisiana, and the SOCON, the Ingalls SOCON Championship, branding Furman and Chattanooga. On tap later on this evening here, we've got Newhouse at night. That'll be on Q Sports Talk starting at 6. On tap immediately next on the block with Brent X as we continue to roll along. With our Monday programming on tap on this uh, program tomorrow, Terrence Oglesby to talk some hoops and possibly Charlotte Carroll. Got to work on times. It is going to be tag deadline day for the Giants. Access next year, QSportsTalk.com and ESPN Radio.